the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. John tells us that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one or under the sway of of Satan. That, That Satan is the one who's behind the world's system that we live in. And it tells us in Ephesians that before we were saved, we walked according to the course of the world. If you've committed your life to Christ, you've been made new, and you may find that the lust of the world is not as appealing as it once was. In the scripture reading today, the three stages of spiritual development are described by the Apostle John, starting with children, growing into young men, and lastly, maturing into fathers. Pastor Dan challenges you in today's message to think about where you are in your faith. Whatever stage of spiritual development you're in, Pastor Dan encourages you to keep your eyes on eternal things instead of worldly things that fade away. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 2 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God abides in you. It dwells in you. It's at home in you. Now give me your attention for just a second. If you, and I hope you do, I know you do, if you want to be a strong believer, if you want to live a victorious Christian life, the Word of God must abide in you. It must live in in you. There's no, you know, there's no shortcut to a victorious life. There's no secret sauce, right, to it. You know, if you were to ask um, um, Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, oh, hang on, if you were to ask Michael Phelps, <laughs> forgot who I was talking to for a second there. I'll save that for like a message up in New England or something like that, but... You know, if you were to ask Michael Phelps, you know, what, what, what makes you such a great athlete? How is it that you are an Olympic champion? Michael Phelps will not say to you, well, it just kind of happened. You know, I, I took some swim lessons when I was a kid and uh, had some practices, and then I won 23 gold medals. It doesn't work that way. Michael Phelps is going to say, I won because I was in the water every day. 365 days a year. I was in the water and I was putting in the time and I was putting in the effort and the training and that's what made me a winner. There's no shortcut. There's no shortcut to victory. There is a direct correlation between victory in your Christian life and your time in the Word of God. 
There is a direct correlation between victory in the Christian life and your time in the Word of God. You know, someone has said a Bible that is falling apart is usually owned by someone who's not falling apart. And that's true. Now, I want to show you a couple verses here. If you turn with me to Psalm 1 in your Bible. Psalm 1 says in verse 1, Blessed is the man, or that word blessed could also be happy. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, what delights him, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The blessed man, the happy man, delights in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. He's in the word of God constantly, continually, meditating on it, chewing on it. That word meditating, as as I've mentioned before, that word meditating, it it has the idea of a cow chewing its cud. You know, a a cow will chew on its cud throughout the day and kind of swallow it down and then bring it back up and chew on it some more. Swallow it down, bring it back up and chew on it some more. That's such, you know, you'll never forget that. That's what the word meditate means. When it talks, it's not, you know, meditating on the scriptures biblically, it's not some kind of uh, Eastern mysticism meditation kind of thing. It's chewing on the word, thinking on the word, considering the word day and night throughout the day. Uh, Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. Here the Lord speaking says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Hide the word in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Look at what he says here. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You're talking about the Word of God continually, no matter what you're doing. You're meditating on the Word day and night. It's constant. It's continual in your home. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands. The idea there is everything that you put your hands to, all of your work, You know, the the Word of God is applied to it. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Everything that's on your mind should be filtered through the Word of God. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates when when somebody comes into your house. You know, your home is filled with the Word of God. This is the key to victory. This is the key to being a strong Christian. It's just being in the Word of God constantly. Go to Joshua. Chapter 1. You know, uh, the book right before Joshua is Deuteronomy. And Moses dies at the end of Deuteronomy. Joshua now in the book of Joshua. In chapter 1, Joshua is named by the Lord as the new leader of the children of Israel after Moses died. And it's funny, as you read chapter 1 of Joshua, three times in this chapter, God says to Joshua... Be strong and courageous. (laughs) Three times in one conversation. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then the people say to Joshua, 
Be strong and courageous, Joshua. You kind of get the sense that when Joshua's tapped to be the new leader, that he looked pretty scared at the task because everybody's saying to him, don't be afraid, just be courageous, you'll be okay. And I want you to see here what the Lord says to Joshua. He says in verse 8 of chapter 1, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Joshua, you're the new leader of, of the children of Israel. Be strong and courageous. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If you meditate in the word, day and night, Joshua, you'll succeed as a leader. You'll prosper in what God has called you to. It's the word of God. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he writes to Timothy, who's a young pastor in the city of Ephesus, and and Timothy is struggling, and he's thinking about quitting. And one of the things that Paul writes to him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he tells Timothy, give yourself entirely to the reading of the word of God. To just reading it. Give yourself entirely to it, Timothy. Why does he say that? Because that's the key. That's the key to being a strong Christian and victorious Christian. And John commends the young men here because they are strong and victorious because they're abiding in the Word of God. So that's, that's the second stage of development. You, you begin as a little child in the faith, then you grow into a young man or a young woman in the faith, and then you come to the third stage of spiritual development, and that is a mature father. Look at, uh, look at verse 13, 1 John chapter 2. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Then again in verse 14, he says, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. But the father is the believer who has faithfully walked with God for many, many years, many decades, maybe, where they've walked with the Lord, they've trusted the Lord, they know the Lord, they know his character because they, they, they've walked with him so long, they, they've experienced the Lord's faithfulness in their own life. And, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like, a, like, an, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of thing in the spiritual life, or a Yoda. We just have these years of experience with the Lord, and they've seen the faithfulness of God. And it's great to have, you know, fathers in the faith in a church or in your life personally, uh, because the fathers in the faith, they can, they can comfort and encourage the younger believers, and, and they, just, they just make you feel like everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. When you have this older person in the faith that's just telling you, it's going to be all right, just trust the Lord. The Lord can handle it. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. 
you can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know, David, um, you don't have to turn there, but David wrote Psalm 37 when he was a very old man. And just listen to some of the things that David says. Here he is. He's walked with the Lord his whole life, decades. And David says here in Psalm 37, he said, just, I'm just going to read some of the verses. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Hey, don't worry about evildoers. God will take care of them, David says. And that, that's not just theory for David. David's lived it. He's seen it in his own life. He goes on to say, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. You know, decades of experience with God, decades of walking with God and seeing the faithfulness of God. And David says, just feed on his faithfulness. Just trust him. Don't fret, don't worry, don't freak out. Just trust in the Lord. Feed on his faithfulness, David says. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He'll bring it to pass. It's all from experience for David. He goes on to say later in the psalm, I love this verse, he says, I've been young and now I'm old, and yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. David is able to say, hey, I've, I've walked with the Lord a long time, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his descendants begging bread. I've never seen God fail. In all my years of walking with him, I've never seen God fail once. See, see that, that's, the, that's the comfort and the stability that a father in the faith can bring into a situation where you're freaking out and to have somebody speak those words of life into your life and into your circumstances. And okay, it's going to be all right because Yoda said it's going to be all right. So it's going to be all right. And he's been walking with the Lord a long time. So here back in 1 John, you have the three stages of Christian development. You've got little children, and they, little children grow into young men or young women in the faith, and then they mature into fathers who, who walk with the Lord over years and decades. And again, which stage are you, you know? Are, are you a little child that, you know, just, hey, my sins are forgiven. I've got a relationship with God. Praise the Lord if that's you, if you're a little child in the faith. Or are you a young man or a young woman in the faith that you're, you know, you're strong, you're walking in victory, you're digging into the Word of God, you're meditating on it, you're always in your, your Bible? Praise the Lord for that. Or are you a father in the faith who's known the Lord for a long time and walked with the Lord for a long time? In Christ, which stage are you? And John here, he commends all three stages, each each. Uh, group here, but then in verses 15 to 17, 
he warns all three. He's not just speaking to the young ones or the, or the children. He says to all three, including the mature fathers, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. And here, when John, when he talks about the world, he's not talking about creation. He's not talking about nature. When he says, do not love the world, John is referring to the world's system. There's a system to the world. He's talking about uh, the, the mentality and the philosophy and the activities of the world's system that are the opposite of godly, that oppose the things of God. Have you noticed that there's a lot of things in this world that oppose the things of God? Did you watch the news this week? There's a lot of ungodly things in this world. And here, that's what John's talking about. Now, turn over to chapter 5 of 1 John. Chapter 5, verse 19. He says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. John tells us that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one or under the sway of of Satan. That that Satan is the one who's behind the world's system that we live in. You know, it tells us in Ephesians that before we were saved, we walked according to the course of the world. We just followed the world and what the world said was right, what the world said was moral, what the world said was okay or popular. We just went along with that. And here we're told that that Satan is the one who's behind all of that, that the world is under his influence, and he's the one who's who's directing the course of things in this world. And so John warns us and says, don't fall in love with the world. Don't fall in love with the world, you little children, you young men, you fathers of the faith. Don't fall in love with the world. With the world. Look at verse 16. He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He he tells us here that the, the, the world will draw us away from God. It's not from the Father, it will draw us away from God and into worldliness and sin. And the way that the world will draw us away is by appealing to the desires of our flesh, the desires of our eyes, and our pride. Every temptation that you and I face will fall into one of those three categories. It will either appeal to our flesh, or it will appeal to our eyes, or to appeal to our pride. And, and that's, that's the way that we get seduced away from the Lord. You think about the temptation of, of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and tempted him. Satan appealed to his flesh, turn these stones into bread and satisfy your flesh. He appealed to his eyes. He showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and said, this all can be yours if you just bow down and worship me. And he appealed to Jesus' pride, telling him to prove himself to the people by jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. 
He's, this, Satan's always going to come after you, either through your flesh, or through your eyes, or through your pride. And remember what Jesus did? Do you remember how Jesus combated those temptations with the Word of God? It is written, with every temptation that Jesus faced, he had a scripture in his heart, memorized, that he could say, no, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And he was able to fight off that temptation with the word of God. The word of God was abiding in him. And so here John says to us, don't fall in love with the world. Don't let the world seduce you through the lust of the flesh, through the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And then he says in verse 17, the world is passing away. It's not going to last. So don't fall for it. It's not going to last. And all the lust of it will pass away. All of it. Isn't it interesting? And I know you've experienced this. I've experienced this. Where when you give in to that desire, whatever it may be, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life, you give in to it. Isn't it interesting how it, it, it doesn't satisfy you for very long? It just leaves you empty, right? When the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, and here we convince ourselves, man, if I just have that, if I could just get a hold of that, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. And then you get it, and it leaves you empty, and it brings so much drama into your life and so much turmoil into your life. And the, the desire just passes away. It just disappears. It wasn't worth it. The world is passing away in the lust of it. And then he says, But he who does the will of God abides forever. Whatever your stage of spiritual development, whether you're a little child in the faith, or a young man or woman in the faith, or a mature father in the faith, John says, You're doing great. But be careful. Don't fall in love with the world. Don't be seduced by the world. Because if you do, you'll lose sight of eternity. And the world's passing away. Set your heart on things that are eternal. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, not on the things of this earth. Because the things of this earth, they're all temporary. They're all passing away. Set your eyes on things that last forever and ever. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your almighty creator and more ways in which he can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well, praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. 
Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth. Good night.